For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, and I'm honored today to be joined by BadgerBlitz.com staff writer Benjamin Wargle. Ben, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time out of your you know, pre-game day to chat with me. Hey, you're welcome. Good to talk to you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. So uh, as you guys all know, we here at Believe in Badger Football are brought to you by BetOnline.ag, and the Big Ten season is finally in full swing, really in full swing now that the Badgers are going to be back. And so while you may not be at the game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Benjamin, uh, Badgers are actually favored this weekend in the big house, which if you told me that coming into the season, I would have not believed you at all. Somehow they're a four and a half point favorite. Uh, I won't ask you to pick the line. I won't ask you to pick uh, for your game pick until we finish up the show. But do you feel, does that feel about right to you? I think it feels right. And that's just based on what uh, Michigan ha- hasn't done the last two weeks. I think um, you, you've seen this, uh, the Wolverines kind of get bludgeoned a little bit by a, a Michigan state team who then got beat pretty badly a week ago. And then obviously the game last weekend in Bloomington where Michigan again, defensively is really struggling. So I think both teams in this game are kind of an enigma to a degree. I mean, we, we really don't know what Michigan's all about. Uh, are they more the team that played well against Minnesota or are they the team that hasn't looked well the last two weeks and Wisconsin, we've seen them for 60 minutes and that was three weeks ago. So there's the question mark of who on this Wisconsin team is going to be available to play this week. We really don't know. We won't know until maybe an hour, hour and a half before kickoff. So Am I surprised? Eh, maybe a little bit, but the fact that Wisconsin's favored, you know, I agree with you. At uh, the beginning of the year, I thought this was going to be their toughest game, and now it looks like the Indiana game at home in a couple weeks is going to be their toughest game. And if you would have told me coming into the season that Indiana was going to be their toughest game, I would have thought that uh, the pandemic got you a little bit early. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm 100% on board with you right there. So, uh, But no matter who your team is, from game spreads to totals, team player and coaching props, Bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else online. Plus, there's always the online casino. It never closes. So head on over to betonline.ag to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Benjamin, we're going to hop right into the big question of the week. Who's taking the snaps? Graham Mertz obviously looked phenomenal in his first start against Illinois. Uh, throwing 21 catchable balls and having 20 of them caught. And, you know, UW, though, still hasn't told us if he's going to be, you know, eligible and out there yet, have they? No, they haven't. They really haven't told us who is available on, at any position. We know um, from Paul Christ did an interview with the Big Ten Network on Wednesday, he said that he expects uh, players to miss the game in the double figures. So certainly when you had 27 active cases a week ago Tuesday, 
And I believe 15 of those, 12 to 15 of those were players. With the 21-day protocol that the Big Ten has instituted because of COVID, you know that a number of these guys are not going to be eligible uh, to play in this game. They probably won't, obviously they won't even travel to this game. Now, the travel list we won't get until before kickoff. So then your guess is as good as mine. Um, if we follow this protocol uh, by kind of the letter of the law, and Grammerts did indeed test positive the day after the game, he would be eligible to practice starting today. Now, the problem is Wisconsin doesn't practice the day before the game, certainly not any intensity. He would be involved throughout the week in the game prep. He'll get the game plan, stuff like that. He just can't practice. So it all kind of depends on the amount of practice reps that he gets and how he looks in those practice reps and how the coaching staff feels comfortable with him. Um, you know, we Paul Chris said on Monday that Grammerts has gone through all of the the protocols. He has passed all of his tests and he's kind of working his way back into football shape. Joe Rudolph kind of contradicted that on Wednesday saying that, you know, it's, he's still working his way back. We're not quite sure. Um, I'm sure they do know what direction they're going to go. They're just being very coy with it. Uh, it's either going to be Graham Mertz or Danny Vandenboom. Vandenboom has worked with the first team throughout the last three weeks when they've been able to practice. Now they haven't been able to practice a lot because of the pause in team activities. Paul did say that they had to play either the last two weeks. Vandenboom would have been the guy. So they certainly have confidence in him. Uh, if I had to bet, I would say Danny Vandenboom plays. He, he starts. I, I just I can't see them throwing Graham Mertz in with little to no practice time against Michigan. Of course, I've been wrong before, and Graham Mertz did look spectacular uh, three weeks ago. He may look effortless. So if, if Mertz looks good and he feels good and the staff feels good with him, they'll certainly will go with him. I mean, yeah, obviously the lack of, uh, you know, game prep having to sit out because of COVID is a, a big issue. One of the things though, that stood out to me besides uh, Mertz's darn near perfection in the in the first game was the fact that the offensive line didn't seem like it had quite gelled yet. And you saw that, especially with the run game in the first half. I mean, it, you know, they weren't getting more than two, three yards of carry there in the first half. We saw some numbers go up in the second half. Do you think we will see an improved offensive line? Obviously, the two deep has come out, and it's identical to game one. They're not giving us any indications of who's going to be there or who's not going to be available for them. How do you think the offensive line will have progressed given their you know, three weeks off? Well, this is one of the problems with the lack of time to work in the offseason. No spring practices, no uh, real summer workouts to what we're used to. You know, fall camp is different. There's no non-conference games. So all those things really help gel a unit, especially an offensive line, which is so critical to an offense's success. And you're right. You know, Wisconsin's running game did not look that great against Illinois. And now part of that, too, is Illinois. Illinois did a great job last year against Jonathan Taylor, one of the greatest running backs to ever play college football, and really bottled him up inside. His yards per carry wasn't spectacular in that game either, and that's part of the reason why Illinois won that game. So the fact that they held Garrett Groshek, Nikia Watson, Isaac Garendo, very un-Jonathan Taylor-like backs at this point in their careers, down and, and kind of grind them to a halt isn't that surprising I, you are right the first half i think was was a little sluggish i think that Illinois generated a lot of pressure through the interior especially the three new positions two guards in the center that it was noticeable and i think as the game wore on wisconsin got into a rhythm a little bit wore them down a little bit and that's why the numbers went up uh one would think this will be a better unit as the season wears on but again Who's, av who's available? Who's going to play? Um, you know, I think Wisconsin has some depth on the offensive line. Not a lot of experience depth, but a lot of decent players on the line where they could cobble together a group for this week. 
I would think it's going to be a little bit better. Um, but certainly that, that Michigan front is going to be missing Ian Hutchinson, who fractured his leg against Indiana. He's probably their best pass rusher, one of their best uh, down linemen. Mm-hmm. So without him, that, that's a huge blow to Michigan. It's something that Wisconsin, in theory, can maybe take advantage of in, in that front seven. Yeah, they do still have to contend, though, with Quiddy Pay, who is quite mm-hmm. a good edge rusher himself. Uh, speaking of the running back position, any chance we see Jalen Berger this week? I, I think there is a chance. Uh, and, or know, Julius is, Davis, for that, for that matter. Yeah, and, and Paul said that there's going to be a number of guys who are going to play tomorrow who uh, three weeks ago weren't involved in the depth chart and, and weren't ready to play. And I think that's just not special teams talk. I think that's all three phases, uh, offense, defense, and obviously all the special teams units. So I, I think there's a chance. Um, you know, Berger hasn't really been talked about a lot uh, throughout fall camp and even going into the season. Um, obviously, he didn't play at all against Illinois. So, you know, there obviously there's always a chance again, I'm going to sound like a broken record or it depends on who's available to this team. Um, you know, Berger could be one of the players that uh, is not able to play because of COVID. So certainly a talented player. When I talked to him uh, leading into the season, it was his goal to rush for a thousand yards this year. That was before we had the, the 10 game schedule and then the eight game schedule. So, but very competent kid, very talented kid, someone who's certainly going to get a lot of time as his career goes on. And, be interested to see at what point do we see Jalen Berger this year, if at all. Um, you know, great chance it could be uh, tomorrow night. All right, excellent. Well, l- let's switch over then to the defensive side of the ball because you know, obviously, better defense was outstanding. They pitched a shutout. You know, it just you know, Illinois happened to score on using their defense. Uh, but one guy, obviously, that stood out, true freshman Nick Herbig. He was, you know, he he made a couple mistakes on his college debut. I mean, he crashed pretty hard on an option play that. They, uh, that they, uh, I think Peters took for like 20, 25 yards at one point, but he was really disruptive in in that first game impressions of Herbig and the outside linebackers, because surprisingly enough, like, you know, between, uh, losing, uh, Zach Bond and then I guess Chris Orr at at the inside position this year, uh, linebacker was actually probably the most questionable position coming into the season. Yeah, I think especially outside linebacker, too, who is going to start opposite Noah Burks. I think inside you felt pretty good with Jack Sanborn and then the the kind of combo of Leo Chanel and, and Mike Mascalunas. Yeah, but not a lot you know, of depth Mike's, beyond that, honestly. No, no, there's not. I mean, Mike's played a lot of football. Um, and you know, yeah. Leo, too, I think really impressed last year that both those guys could really establish a good foundation in the, in the center. Uh, Jack Sanborn, too, I thought he played okay. Um, he didn't grade out that well with pro football focus. I had some missed tackles in there. So, you know, but still, he led the team in tackles a year ago, a very steady influence. I think that he's going to be a huge backbone of this team. I'm expecting him to play. He did talk to us this week. So if you're talking to the media, I think that's a pretty good indication that you will play. So that's good for Wisconsin. Uh, you know, opposite Burks, you know, there's, there's kind of that mix between Isaiah Green May and, and Nick Herbig, who's going to make that bigger impact. You know, Green May too is, is someone who had high expectations for him entering last season. And then he broke his thumb against South Florida and then really never could play to his full potential just because he was limited in that, in that degree. He played quite a bit um, against Illinois and Herbig too. I think Herbig ended up getting the start. If I do recall, yeah. um, you know, Jim Lair joked with uh, us that they threatened to send him back to Hawaii after he dropped that interception on the second. <laughs> you know, he didn't meet, you know, he crashed a little hard and, and Piers had a, had a, had a chunk play. And that was some of their biggest plays was, was Piers keeping the ball on the ground, which is something that Wisconsin wants to be aware of too, against Milton, who is this team's second lead rusher. I think Herbig's made some nice jumps. I think once you get out there and you put some tape 
up and you can start study yourself against someone you're not familiar with. That's where your biggest growth happens. And, you know, Dane and my time covering this team with, with Brett, he always said that players make their biggest jumps and teams make their biggest jumps from week one to week two, because you're finally going against someone unfamiliar that you don't know what's coming. So I think Nick is extremely talented by one of the most talented linebackers. Wisconsin has signed out of high school in a number of years. I think that that tape will be invaluable to him as he kind of transitions into this next week because he'll have that same responsibility, making sure Milton doesn't get out and, and use his legs. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, speak, sticking on the defensive side of the ball, the, the defensive backs are probably the most veteran unit that they have on this entire team, uh, which is which is going to p- benefit them greatly, even with some of the op- opt-outs that Michigan had. They, they still have a couple really good receivers, most notably probably Ronnie Bell. Um do you think that they will pose a challenge with uh, Michigan's wide receivers? Will uh, for that instance with their with their size speed combination? Yeah, this would be a great matchup. This will probably be the matchup to watch: uh, Wisconsin's cornerbacks against Michigan's wide receivers. I mean, you mentioned Bell; they got some other guys too. I think they have three receivers that have over eight catches already through through three games. So uh, Milton really sp- spreads the ball around, and, and Bell certainly is probably the most talented of the bunch. Uh, he certainly has put up the best statistical numbers of the bunch. And you look at Wisconsin, you have, you know, Caesar Williams has played a lot of really good football here over the last five, six games that he's played. You know, you have uh, Van Hicks, who has kind of become that consummate starter for Wisconsin, that reliable starter. But then you have you know, Richard Wild Goose. Um, you know, Samar Melvin hasn't played a lot, but he's, you know, he's shown as of late over these last couple of games last year that he has, you know, the chops to play and that Jim Lair trusts him to play. And then certainly the safety spot with Eric Burrell. Uh, Scott Nelson, you know, that, that's a really deep secondary that Wisconsin has. That Even if they are missing some players, there is enough bodies there and enough experience there that Leonard can utilize these guys uh, to kind of match up one-on-one. So that's going to be fascinating to kind of watch the, the chess match between uh, Jim Leonard and the Wisconsin cornerbacks and those Michigan wide receivers. For sure. Uh, the Wisconsin special teams last season were pretty special and not in a good way, especially, especially in the punt game. Um, we saw, well, we didn't really have many opportunities to punt there in the, in the first, uh, in the first game, but they did get a Vujinovic, um, from, uh, from Dubuque. Do you see the special teams being able to make a difference either in punting, kicking, or even the return game without Aaron, without Aaron Crookshank? They seem to have gone to Stefan Bracey back, uh, back there returning kicks. Uh, you know, what is your, you know, prognostication, or should I say, or your outlook for special teams in this game and going forward? Cautious, cautiously optimistic, I think, is a fair way to see. I mean, we didn't see kickoff return uh, a lot. We saw it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, Bracey had a nice return, but uh, it was, you know, it was called back. Holding, and so, yeah. um, you know, small little guy, but very fast. And that was one of the big things that that Paul Chris liked about him coming out of high school was his speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he had that that maneuverability, that 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 versatility, that you could be an impact player. Um, you know. Losing Crookshank was a huge blow, I think, yeah. for this team. I mean, you saw what he did last year in the Rose Bowl earlier in the year. It just had that, that big playability to really just flip the momentum of games. And you saw that in the Rose Bowl. I thought the momentum just flipped so quickly after Oregon went down score, and then Crookshank came back and 100 and some yards or wherever it was. Um, and then to see him transfer back to be closer to home, the Rutgers. I mean, he was probably going to be their number three wide receiver, too. Yeah. Um, probably yeah. compete for even maybe a, a larger role within the offense. So. I think Bracey, with what he showed, was very encouraging. It'll be interesting to see that more moving forward. Uh, certainly, the, the punting game last year was was bad. Uh, it was very inconsistent. Uh, Anthony Lottie uh, made some critical errors, especially in the Rose Bowl, dropping a punt that led to a score. Um, you know, to to get 
Andy to come in uh, and to get his uh, a transfer waiver uh, this year to play after transferring from Dubuque, I think was big. And he had that big punt early on uh, that would go, oh, wow, okay, you know, that, that's that's impressive. And he was known as a big leg, having a big leg. And then, you know, he had a punt layer in the game. They went, oh, okay, you know, maybe I'm bringing down the average a little bit. So still still not enough to really formulate a solid opinion. Um, but that that unit, the punt unit, and especially the field goal unit, those are going to be critical this year for Wisconsin. I think, especially in this game too, where you, you may have a smaller margin for error, especially if you're missing some key pieces, that points are going to be at a premium. So I think Larsh had a good first game. Um, we, I, I need to see more from him over 40 yards. I think mm-hmm. under 30, 39 and under, he's been pretty consistent. And some of those longer kicks where he's really struggled and been inconsistent this year. So um, it's one, one game, probably a good B for that group, but certainly there's a lot more football left to be played, hopefully for Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so as well. Um, uh, uh, one last thing before we get to your game prediction. We saw Nick Herbig. We talked about him. Any other true freshman? We talked about Berger Ber- a little bit. Any other true freshman you can see making an impact here this weekend? My money would be on Kamiri DK, but I don't know about anyone else that uh, you've either heard about or have seen. Yeah, you stole, you stole mine. Uh, I was going to think Chim maybe uh, yeah. would be someone. I mean, we, just because we heard so much about him in fall camp. Uh, you know, we didn't see fall camp this year uh, because of COVID restrictions. So we just got to talk to the players over Zoom. And we asked a lot of guys, you know, who's impressed you, the early guys. And without prompting, all of them said Chim, uh, that he was someone that really stood out, uh, someone who's been an impact player for the program. Uh, didn't see him uh, against Illinois. Uh, in, in the receiving game, but you know, certainly someone that can maybe make an impact because you look at Wisconsin's wide receivers after Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis, it's a whole lot of unknowns. You know, it's a whole lot. Of, it's a whole lot of run blockers in in, in yeah, Jackson exactly, and Adam yeah. Kumholtz. Yeah, and you know, part of that too is because Wisconsin kind of whipped a little bit in the recruiting class when they signed Cade Green and Emmett Perry, two guys that haven't been able to stay healthy or aren't with the program anymore. So now it goes from two seniors and some good senior walk-on run blockers to these underclassmen. And, you know, Jim, if he can kind of master the playbook and master what's being asked of him, could be someone that can make an impact on the team uh, this year. But other than that, it's hard to say for certain because we just haven't seen any practice and we're just kind of going on word of mouth of these guys. And But Jim is one guy from Waukesha North High School that really has been talked a lot about by some of these offensive players. Yeah, and, and speaking of going into Michigan, I think that both uh, Taj Mustafa and A.J. Abbott would like to get a chance to get out there and, and, and oh, make yeah. a play in, in their home state, um, you know, or Stefan Bracey, for that matter. You know, all, all those guys, uh, the wide receivers that the Badgers have pulled in from the state of Michigan. We didn't see Jalen Franklin at tight end position in the first game, which surprised mm-hmm. me a little bit. I thought we were going to see, I thought we were going to at least see some of him from the H-back. He's a guy who's super athletic coming out of high school. We saw him with a couple of sacks last year at outside linebacker. Tight end seemed to be a position of need. And he was actually, I think, listed on rivals as a tight end coming out of high school. Correct. Yeah. Um, and he was, yeah, he was a tight end coming out of high school. But there's always that thought. Well, he was a high school quarterback, if I remember correctly. Correct. Yeah. So. They kind of recruit him as an athlete. They didn't yeah. quite know where they were going to put him. I remember talking to Jalen uh, after he signed that, that Mickey Turner and the defensive coaches were kind of fighting over him a little bit. And so. I thought he was very impressive where he was last year. But I think the, kind of the thought was always to move him to tight end. Uh, my prediction, he'll he'll play. He'll play quite a bit this game. I think Wisconsin, the tight end depth is going to be a little bit thinner than usual. So Jake Ferguson, you know, Jake Eschenbach probably, but I think Jalen Franklin's going to see the field. I think he'll be one of those sneaky players to watch here uh, on Saturday night. All right, awesome. Well, uh, Benjamin, if you don't mind, give us your pick for your final score of the game. 
Uh, it's it's good. I haven't made it yet. I've been thinking about it um, because I know Jake uh, Kosarowski has been demanding me to make it for his uh, his 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 file story for tomorrow. I'm going to probably go with Wisconsin. Um, I, I think that I think the unknown of Wisconsin is is intriguing. I um, mean, we saw them in one game three weeks ago, and they looked phenomenal. Uh, they mm-hmm. looked great on offense. They looked or even better on defense. And this is going to be a team that's going to really rely on their defense all year. So even if the Wisconsin's offense sputters, I still think the defense is strong enough to really hold down Michigan. I think that uh, the, with all due respect to Indiana, Michigan State, this is the, the best defense that Michigan will have faced so far. And I think you only can make so many adjustments. I think that uh, Jim Laird has a scheme in place to get Milton off his edges. I think Wisconsin's got a great pass rush that can affect them too, no matter who's in there. So I'm going to go maybe a low, lower scoring game. I'm going to go with Wisconsin 24, Illinois, uh, Michigan like 17 go somewhere in there it's like a See, seven point win for the Badgers you're still in my thunder I, ha- I have the Badgers 27 to 20 so we're, we're, we're yeah, right I, there I at mean, the same I, place I would I would be surprised if it's uh, a blowout especially if Vandenboom's oh, at yeah. quarterback I have full faith in Danny Vandenboom as, mm-hmm. as a quarterback for Wisconsin I think that his pedigree gets often overlooked at Kimberly High School Kimberly is like a mm-hmm. college program to a degree in Wisconsin I mean, uh, they're the program in Wisconsin. Yeah, so. I mean, I mean, he never lost a game as a starting quarterback. His touchdown interception ratio, I think, was like forty-eight to five over his two, final two years. So, I mean, he's not Graham Mertz-esque, but he's very talented and very confident. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think the offense will take that big of a step back if if Vandenboom's under center. So, it just depends on the pieces around him too. I mean, if he has a number of the same pieces or enough uh, pieces that they kind of make cobble this together, I think Wisconsin wins this game. All right. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm going to get you out of here on this. We're just going to switch to recruiting really quick because obviously the Badgers landed Marcus Allen uh, within yeah. the past week, which honestly came out of the blue a little bit. Um, and But I had uh, I had Al Ashford actually on the show a couple days ago, uh, and he, he was talking about it. He said, like, yeah, it's like we kind of had an inkling that this was going to happen. So, um, you know, the Badger recruiting class for 2021 is, I mean, uh, as a, you know, someone who's been following the program for more than 20 years now, I mean, it's, it's night and day. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, do you think they're going to finish out the class with Rat's Laugh? Anyone else? Yeah, I mean, and by the way, Al Ashford's a great guy. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I mean, was beyond impressed by him. No, he's, he's phenomenal. For a high, I mean, I've interviewed high school kids and recruiting for you know, 15 years, and uh, Al Ashford was probably one of the more impressive ones. That I've had on so and I had him on my podcast too, and he's just a really good guy. And I felt strange calling him an impressive young man because that made me feel like my grandfather saying that. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, he's such an impressive. He is an impressive young man. My goodness, he's so <laughs> like polished and. That's how old everything. I am talking to having talked to high school kids for the better part of a decade and a half. Um, yeah, I thought the the commitment of Marcus Allen was huge. I, I know Wisconsin wanted another wide receiver in this class, and they had kind of kicked the tires on a number of, of, of players, but the fact that um, that Allen kind of backed away from Michigan and that Wisconsin had him on campus back in March. I thought that was critical. I mean, there hasn't been any on-campus recruiting um, since the spring, but the fact that they had him on campus, I think helped uh, him make this decision because he was familiar with what Wisconsin was all about. A number of guys that have committed in this, in this cycle haven't been physically on campus. I don't think Mike Jarvis has been on campus. Ricardo Al Holmes Ashford hasn't. Al Ashford hasn't. So, uh, the fact that Wisconsin was able to get him here during a good time of year and show him this campus was huge. Um, you know, and a great player. Um, and so, you know, Wisconsin sits at 15 in the rankings and 
that's pretty much locked into the best class I've ever had. I can't remember what they were last year. I think they were in the mid twenties, but I, I'm right there with you. There was a number of years uh, back at the old site that I was with that, you know, the classes were in the mid thirties, the forties. Yeah. But Wisconsin still turned out good seasons because they developed these guys from three-star guys into four-star and five-star guys. Now they're getting four-star and some five-star guys, and they can develop those guys into even higher level of play. And I think that's where Wisconsin's really going to take off here in the next couple of years, knock on wood. If they can keep these guys healthy and these guys have that will and that want to play and to improve and to get to the league, Wisconsin could be formidable here in the next couple of years. But you have to get over that hurdle that's in Columbus, Ohio. That's that's the one thing that's kind of holding them back. They're going to dominate the West. I, I can't see anyone in the West over the next handful of years that's really going to consistently uh, be a thorn in their side. Um, you know, people keep saying Minnesota is, but uh, that used car salesman, that's the head coach. I just can't, I can't buy into PJ at all, having dealt with him at the Cotton Bowl. So it's just, it depends. Can you get over that hurdle and, and, and win the Big Ten? And that's, that's, we were talking about before we started the Rose Bowl, uh, the run of Rose Bowls three years ago. It started because they beat Ohio State and they got them in 2010 when they were number one. And I think that momentum continued over the next couple of years and they were able to parlay that into a couple of championships. So, and they haven't beat them since. So if you can get past them and you've been, they've been close. So if you can get the better talent to kind of equal Ohio state and develop that talent to get up to the same level as some of those guys, your odds of winning and winning consistently against the best of the best improve greatly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing that obviously for the Badgers just works in their favor is the continuity of the coaching staff. Um, yes. It, it, yeah. It's been phenomenal, you know, and, you know, but Jimmy Leonard is going to be one of the hottest candidates for jobs in the entire country very, very soon. And it's going to be tough to hold on to him. Obviously, he has a lot of Wisconsin ties. You know, I mean, he, he's a legend in his own right as a player. And so, but I, you know, other schools are going to come calling for him real fast. Oh, and the good news is, is that Jim played 10 years in the NFL, so he doesn't really need the money. Yeah. Um, so that I think helps that. He feels comfortable here, certainly. And you're right. I mean, I think anytime there are, there are going to be high profile openings, not just in the Big Ten and the Midwest, but nationally, Leonard's name is going to be thrown out there. It kind of depends on what he wants. Does he want mm-hmm. to be a head coach somewhere someday? Is he happy being the DC at Wisconsin? Yeah. And and because he just he's he's talked about this before when he was still playing at the end of his career that he always loved coming back to Wisconsin because he never got to spend much time here. Mm-hmm. Um, year round just that with the NFL schedule and things like that. He, so he tried to come here and work out just because he loved the city so much. So it kind of depends on his ambitions. I can't see him leaving for another DC job, maybe another head coaching job somewhere. Maybe uh, I don't, I think Paul's going to be here for a number of years. I can't see Paul up and leaving for Arkansas. tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I think the fact that Wisconsin has alumni at the head coaching spot, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, tight end, quarterback coach, and the strength and conditioning room, that family atmosphere really resonates with a lot of recruits and commits. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the message that you hear a lot. And, you know, Jim is, is a big part of that from cornerback coach to being the DC then studying a year under Wilcox to get that promotion and really running with it. I mean, if, if I'm an AD and I'm looking to kind of start my program over with a new head coach, um, Jim Laird's going to be on that list. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Benjamin. Well, listen, thank you so much for spending some time with us here today, giving us all those uh, good nuggets of information. 
Uh, tell the audience where they can find you. Badgerblitz.com, working with Jake Kokorowski, John McNamara, all the cronies over there. A lot of good content that we yeah, had. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're the number three Badger Blitz guy to come on the show. So uh, I, I love having you guys. because I was a little apprehensive when John asked me to work with him because my name wasn't John. It's you know, <laughs> kind of been the MO that he only hires Johns I to know. work with him. So lucky to get in there. Um, and then on Twitter, the Badger Nation. Um, been tweeting there for God, who knows wow. how many years. And so... Um, I'll be at Michigan Stadium. I'll be in the press box, socially distancing from all those Michigan beat writers. Um, so I'll be providing live updates throughout the game, then full coverage uh, at badgerblitz.com. Let's face it, without the pandemic, you'd want to socially distance from him anyway. Absolutely. You said, <laughs> not me. <laughs> all right. Thanks again, Benjamin. You can find him at badgerblitz.com, at the Badger Nation. And until next time, on Wisconsin. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.